Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Ewell. Today's podcast is produced in partnership with my friends at TrendSpider. I use TrendSpider on a daily basis, and honestly, I could not imagine trading without it ever again. Their platform has charts, automatic technical analysis, backtesting right there on the screen, and alerts that are sent straight to my phone, all of which I use every single day. Now you can get two weeks to try TrendSpider for yourself for free and get discounts of at least 15% off when you sign up for their service. Listen, they are so confident that this will change the way you trade, they'll even give you a one-on-one demo with the platform and answer any questions you may have about how to incorporate their platform into your trading. And that's exactly what I've done. So head on over to trendspider.10minutestocktrader.com to get your discount code. And I'll even throw in some extra bonuses worth over $100 to incentivize you to take their free trial of Trendspider today. Now listen, the only place to get your discounts and the free bonuses is at trendspider.10minutestocktrader.com. One more time, that's trendspider.10minutestocktrader.com. Um, I'm Dan Ushman. I'm uh, the founder of TrendSpider, and uh, I'm your host today. And today I've got a wonderful guest, one of uh, our good friends in the industry, a longtime position trader, uh, Bob Desmond, uh, with the Contrarian Trader. And Bob's going to take some time to tell us about some of his favorite trades today that he's done. Um, if anybody has any uh, uh, chart requests or questions for myself or Bob, feel free to throw them in the room. We'll get to them at the end. Uh, before I really get going, I just want to make sure, can everybody hear me okay? Um, can someone just uh, pop something in the channel? Awesome. It's good to hear that. So um, again, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get on the road. So first thing I got to throw up here, the lawyers make us do it, um, but we got to throw up this disclaimer. We're going to talk about some charts today. Um, we're going to talk about some trades. We're going to pull up some analysis, you know. Nothing we say here is like a suggestion. You should go blindly buy whatever we're talking about. You know, do your own homework. If you like it, trade it. But, you know, do your own homework and make your own decision on it. Um, just because something works great for me or for Bob doesn't mean it's going to work great for you. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, the meat of this, uh, for those of you who are new with us, uh, who aren't familiar with TrendSpider, I'm going to give you a quick two-minute uh, overview of it. Uh, TrendSpider is a uh, software. So we're a software company. We build tools for traders. And what's really unique and special about this particular team here is almost everybody on the team is a trader themselves. So I trade every day. I'm a swing trader. I focus on biotechs. My partner, Jake, is an options trader. And he likes to play some of the larger cap tech companies and you know anything that's very liquid. Um, but everybody in our team trades, and we built this software first and foremost for ourselves. You know, we wanted to build uh, better tools to use ourselves in our own trading. Um, and we quickly realized that in order for this to be a really good platform, we need a lot of users because trading is very uh, specific to the person, and um, everybody's style and the tools and indicators and techniques and strategies are different. So, um, you know, we've been built from the ground up. We're about four years into this, and what we've built so far is pretty cool and get a lot cooler. So um, TrendSpider is uh, uh, one platform, right? But it's many different tools. And um, there's a lot of advantages to that. Um, two of them that I like to tell people about, it's just one tool to learn. You know, you don't have to learn how to use one backtester program, you know, and then one alerting tool or one charting platform. You know, it's only one tool. It does everything that you need um, and quite a bit more. And that means one thing to learn and one thing to pay for. So um, some of the cool things that we do, uh, and these are some of the things that make TrendSpider unique that you can't really get anywhere, are um, some of our core features. One of them is smart charts. 
Um, now, these are charts with built-in algorithms that you can use to analyze themselves your way. The one we have shown up here is trendline detection, but there's also automatic fibs, automatic support and resistance, pattern recognition, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We also do multi-time frame analysis that lets you take one time frame, call it the daily chart, and plot the indicators, trend lines, and fib levels from another time frame on that chart. So long-term trends uh, can be printed on short-term charts, and short-term price action tends to respect long-term trends. We're also the developer behind raindrop charts. This is something I'll touch on later uh, if I get a chance, but these are a new type of volume adjusted price chart. They're really good for finding points of indecision and identifying uh, bear traps, bull traps, you know, fake breakouts, things like that, as well as distinguishing those from real breakouts. Um, they're really cool and they're very unique. You can only find them in TrendSpider. We're also a scanner and this is brand new and uh, a lot of people have wanted me to talk about this. So I'm gonna take a moment here and show it to you um, in a second here. We also have built-in backtesting. We have a powerful alerting platform so you can basically outsource chart monitoring to the cloud and more. Um, really briefly, a lot of people wanna know about the scanner. So I'm just gonna show you how this works. Um, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this because this can, this can be a whole hour on its own. But basically the idea here is you can search for a needle in a haystack, right? So we'll define what our haystack is. Let's call it the Russell 1000. And let's say we want to find any chart that on the weekly time frame in the Russell is currently printing a hammer on it, right? So we can select that. We can tell it to look at the current candle and we can literally search the Russell 1000 for any chart that on the weekly time frame is printing a hammer at the moment. And hammers on long time frames are fairly rare. So, um, you know, there's one right there. Um, but they're not something that you find very often. So you can also search on the Russell 2000 or any watch list you come up with. It's pretty easy to be able to go out there and search the market for any charts that fit any particular pattern you can dream of. And you can that includes um, things like being oversold. That includes all different types of uh, chart patterns. Oops, I'm on the daily chart here. I should go on the weekly chart. Um, all different types of chart patterns that um, you might be interested in. So it's a cool tool. It's awesome for discovery if you're trying to find stocks to trade. And it comes with uh, 30 pre-built scans here that look for all kinds of fancy stuff like breakouts from consolidation, oversold conditions at divergent lows, and so forth. So, um, you know, I'm going to uh, stop there because I don't want to take up all this time here. And uh, let's talk about charts with Bob. So, um, Bob, uh, be before we get into it, maybe you can just take a moment and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your service, um, you know, what you do, how you trade. And uh, if you want, you can take over to screen share at this point, too. Sure, absolutely. Hello, everybody, and thank you for uh, spending your Sunday night with us. And... A bit about me. I uh, I became interested in the stock market in 1987 during the uh, the stock market crash. I was watching the news. I saw all the hullabaloo. And I said, "Wow, this is this is dramatic stuff." And I bought my uh, first shares of stock. It was I'll never forget it. L O G A M Lojack, and I bought 75 shares of that and uh, was hooked. Uh, we. Uh, we started the contrarian trader in 2005. That was after the dot-com crash. Uh, you saw uh, many of the, the faces that you had seen during the 1990s on CNBC every single morning, whether it be Bernie Evers or whomever from uh, these companies that went under. Uh, they were doing perp walks, and they were going to jail. And you knew that the entire system was rigged. And I, I wasn't entirely uh, hooked at that time during the dot-com uh, period on charting. I, I referenced charts, but I, I wasn't as deeply as involved as I, as I am now. And I knew that you needed a better way to do business uh, if you were going to uh, be successful in uh, trading. So we got deeply involved with uh, learning, learning the charts and also learning the options market. I, I believe in, uh, in having a concentrated position in your, in your speculative account and swing trading around that position as well. But also with all those positions, uh, whenever possible, 
offsetting some of the risk by generating cash flow by selling either covered calls or if I want to uh, get in on a stock, I'm bullish on. However, I don't want to pay up too much. I want to get a quote unquote Groupon on the stock. I'll sell puts. And that's for those not familiar with options, they hear puts, they think bearish. It's actually a bullish play because I'm acting as the banker, not the borrower. I'm not buying the options. I'm selling them and generating cash flow. So uh, we like to, again, just a synopsis, I like to have a concentrated position right now. Uh, we are heavily invested in the gold miners. And I have multiple reasons uh, for that trade being on. We've been in that position for quite some time. And we did very, very well in 2019. Uh, 2020, a little bit rough so far, but we did have a breakout in gold uh, last month, and we're seeing a retest of support at current. So seasonality is not favorable for this month. I predict that next month will probably do a lot better, but we are generating uh, premiums uh, each week off of that position, offsetting again, some of that risk. Uh, so last time I was on, then uh, the, the markets had been, I, I want to bring up a chart of the spiders if I could. And just to talk briefly about, you know, how we look at the markets. And I was on in October. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, late October. Yeah, we, the, the markets had been under pressure for three consecutive weeks prior to. And the, the, the sentiment at that time was that the, it was pretty bearish. And I said, you know what, I'm predicting that we're going to get a breakout. The, the, the charts haven't broken down yet. And the reason, the macro reason the, the, was, was that it's an election year coming up. And they were not going to allow these markets to drop. And sure enough, we have rallied since that point in time, roughly about 12%, give or take a bit. But uh, I, I remember that it was stressful. What's, what's that? I remember that time. Yeah. yeah. It's a stressful time. So wh while I think that uh, going into elections, the, the election day, we, we probably will see a market that is higher. I think in the short term that uh, I, I'm short term uh, bearish on the market. And we're, we're currently shorting the triple Qs. And we remain long with the gold miners. And I want to go over a couple of reasons why that we, we are a bit bearish on the market in the short term. And for just to talk about the, the contrarian trader for a moment, uh, what we do is I do send out trade alerts on the positions that I do open up. I do offer, uh, I like to engage members, and that's live. And in fact, Dan, I, I, I like to share uh, a link with the folks who are good enough to spend time tonight with us. I'm going to have a, a members only live stream. That starts at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time this evening. And I'll share that link with the folks that are good enough to join us here tonight. So if they want to join in, they're invited. All they need is the link. They need they don't need to pay for anything. It's on YouTube. And love to have them there. If they want me to go over some chart requests there, that's great. I know we're going to do some of that as well here. But I'll drop a link for in sure. the, uh, the into the chat box in a moment. So I'm I'm curious, Bob. Uh, just to, just to set um you know s set the kind of playing field here. When you say short term, you, you you're kind of uh, bearish in the market. What do you how do you define short term? Is that three months, six months through election day? Yeah, I think that short term short term could be in this situation. I'm thinking about for the next two months, we're going to have some stress in the marketplace. Because we've come so far so fast, and the I don't believe that this is going to be the 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 big short, the second big short yet. I think that's going to occur after election, uh, after the election uh, occurs. Uh, whoever gets into the office, whether it's the re-election of President Trump or uh, uh, an opponent, whoever that might be. Uh, but short term, uh, I would say about for the next. Uh, six to eight weeks that I'm going to be bearish on the market. Unless, of course, we simply trade sideways, uh, we alleviate this overbought condition that we're seeing with quite a bit extended on some of the really mega cap names. And I think that we're setting up for a nice pullback. Again, I don't think it's ultimately the, the crash that we're looking for. Uh, I think that the markets at current are completely understating the impact of the coronavirus. 
Uh, copper prices are, are rapidly decaying. They're at multi-year lows at, at right now, and they just opened up. I just checked the futures a moment ago. They opened up lower. Uh, you have the Baltic Dry Sea Index, which is just completely in free fall. And you have the Federal Reserve. I mean, if you take a look at uh, the performance of the market relative to uh, the Federal Reserve's action of late, they're, they're, they're correlated. Were it not for the Federal Reserve, hopefully everybody can see this chart that I just brought up. Were it not for the Federal Reserve and their efforts, this market would be in some serious trouble right now because they're providing so much liquidity. And the question I would have for Jay Powell, who doesn't want to admit that we have a QE4 going on, is if the economy is so great, why are you printing so much money? So we, we saw the month of January, which was down, and, 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 and people have a tendency to forget quickly, and that's just human nature. But oddly enough, most of... Uh, January, you saw money come out of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet and the markets closed down in the month. So there's, there's a, a real serious correlation between what the Federal Reserve is doing and what we're seeing in the marketplace. So longer term, I think we're setting up for a major short at current. I'm just simply looking for a pullback and again, uh, probably six to eight week pullback in the markets. And what I'm looking at right now but before I even go to that, I want to talk about this trade I just did, uh, Tesla. And it's, it's symbolic of the market that we're in at current. And that was a, that was a crazy mover. Um, takes, uh, takes some cojones to trade Tesla these last few days. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I saw it breaking out and, you know, it was so reminiscent of, of the dot-com bubble. It, it, it had my hair standing up on my arms and, I just had to uh, track it. And here's the weekly chart. I'm still bearish on it. I, I wouldn't go shorting it again just yet. I'm, I'm waiting for a setup. But here's the daily chart. And I was talking about it here. I did some commentary with members uh, the evening prior. I believe this is the third. Yeah, the third. And I said, you know, if they gap this stock up higher tomorrow, I'm going to be leaning into the short side. And we bought two rounds of uh, put options, the 900 strike price. and we booked uh, our basis cost was seventy nine dollars and fifteen cents per contract, and we booked a profit of thirty six dollars and eighty five cents, or forty six and a half percent profit on that trade within twelve hours. So uh, this is a stock that I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan, but this is a stock that was owned by the street and and a lot of uh, a lot of hot money chasing this, and the story took over. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of people got burned these past several days. And, a lot of shorts got squeezed out too. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if you if you take a look at the at the weekly chart here, we still on a weekly basis closed right at the third standard deviation Bollinger Band. For those folks not familiar with that Bollinger Band, uh, I'll, I'll I'll save the statistical uh, reasons of why we're not supposed to be here. But I'll just say we're not supposed to be here relative to the 20 period moving average over the course of the past, uh, whatever the uh, period they're, they're measuring on. So I think that if we do see a surge higher yet again on Tesla, I, I, I'm betting that they will probably get it. If we get an up market, you'll see money move into Tesla again, because people believe that this is a buy the dip event. And unfortunately, uh, I think there's going to be a, another round of selling on Tesla and we may be involved with it as well to the short side. But, uh, I'm not predicting a crash here. I'm just predicting, predicting a pullback. I mean, again, a huge fan of Tesla. I'm a big fan as well, but their uh, their valuations just just inflated. Yeah, and it's 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 simply madness uh, right now. And the the trade that we're looking to put on, or that we are putting on this coming week, we're going to look to lean into a little bit heavier. If I'm right, if I'm wrong, then we're going to have to stop out. But we are shorting the trip cues and you can see here i just want to start off with a monthly view how extended we are and we're not at the third standard deviation bollinger band obviously i've mentioned several times here i, I use the bollingers quite heavily i don't use the two standard i use the three standard it's a higher level of um uh event i'll call it 
And we are very close to uh, leaning into that Bollinger Band. So in, in short, yet again, we're not supposed to be here. Does that mean that the, that the ETF is going to crash? No. It could easily trade sideways, uh, thus alleviating that, alleviating that overbought condition uh, and not go down. But I'm predicting that it will because when you take a look at the major components of uh, the Qs, the first being Apple, we'll go to a weekly chart of it. If you take a look at it, we're stalling out here on Apple. Three weeks of uh, no new closing high. We had some topping action the week of the 13th, reversal bar the week of the 27th. And last week was a good week, but you did have some topping action. And RSI at current, it was above 90. And we are now down off of that high, but still elevated RSI on a weekly basis of 82 spot 38. So uh, very overbought. And their factories, over Foxconn over in, in China, they're shut down. Yet the, the stock price is not reflecting it. So... We have on a daily chart, we have clear stalling action here. We have RSI, which is diverging heavily. And we had so I did. That's a major divergence. Yeah. So we have we had a breakout. That breakout on RSI has since failed. So you see Apple, which is the major component component of the trip Qs, breaking down. And, and if you take a look at Microsoft blowout earnings the other day. You cannot, you cannot argue with the quality of earnings that they had across the board. But taking a look at Microsoft on a weekly basis, again, we're leaning up and into the third standard deviation Bollinger Band, RSI, 86 spot 38, uh, daily chart. You're seeing all sorts of topping action. You have uh, a reversal bar off of that third standard deviation Bollinger Band. No shock there. Friday, we did move higher. Uh, but we saw topping actions. You're seeing selling now into strength. So these are just a few of the indicators that we're looking at when deciding whether or not we want to uh, add to the position or at some point in time, if, if things don't go our way, then I'm going to say I'm wrong and move to the sideline and say, okay, lick your wounds. As long as you didn't get too heavy, you're okay. Uh, but if we do begin to see breakdowns below key support levels, then we'll be leaning into the short side. Amazon you know, you take a look at this chart. If I could do away with these last two bars, it said this is a beautiful chart here. I think that we're going a lot higher. Here's a breakout. Clear. But given the underlying technicals of not just Amazon, but of the entire ETF, of the triple Qs, and for the most part, the, the, the S&P 500 as a whole, you have year-over-year -year earnings, which are down. So... We're leaning into the third standard deviation, Bollinger Band, second consecutive week. Uh, daily chart. You're seeing more topping action, reversal bars. Uh, it's holding the gap up gains off, off of earnings, but I think that we're getting tired here. And, you know, if, if we've come back and we fill this gap on Amazon, in all probability, I'm going to look to cover that short and move to the sideline. Again, I'm not betting on a crash here. I think that the more serious breakdown is going to come when you have a, a binary event that, that, that breaks out, whether it be a, the coronavirus that is that event. I don't know. I'm not that smart. Uh, but I, I think that it will happen in all probability after the election because right now you have the Federal Reserve that's in there and they are supporting this market. And it, it makes it difficult for people to short. And that's why you really need to use the, the charts to help divine at what best level it is that you want to put on that risk, fight the system, which you technically are. You, know, you look at a 100-year chart of Dow Jones Industrial Average, you, know, you, you have to say you're nuts to short. You know, the, the, the chart is clear and defined to the upside. And you've had several crashes between that time. But we're looking to take advantage of this, what I'm perceiving to be basically uh, way too much bullish sentiment. You have the average public investor out there uh, very much bullish, uh, again, involved in the market. Uh, they're, they're day trading. They're, uh, they're, they're doing everything that you would expect to see at a market top. And unfortunately, I think that we're seeing the beginning of one right now.
That's fascinating. So let me ask you, um, how do you, what's your trigger? Like this is the setup, right? And the, the thesis, what, what would trigger you to actually, you know, go short? Yeah. So, well, I'm already, I've already begun nibbling on it. So I believe in, uh, having some skin in the game. And once I have skin in the game, I, I become obsessive. So, uh, that, that way I'm watching it. I watch it day and night. So if I saw on Amazon, here's the weekly chart, loving your automated trend lines here. It makes my job so much easier. Uh, were I to see a failure to hold this support level and we broke back down into this trading range, I would be aggressively short in the triple Qs because that would be a breakout point failure. And history has told us that when we see a major breakout and a subsequent failure to hold that breakout point, meaning this green line here, there's a very strong probability that we will retrace all the way back down to prior support. That could either be at the 1750 mark or it could be down here at 1719. And history has also shown us that there's a good chance that you break uh, the primary support level, which is down here. So I'm not predicting that we're going to see that yet, but I'm watching for a potential failure to hold the support level, and I will be leaning into the short side very, very aggressively. And let me let me ask you one more question. Sorry, I just think your your approach is fascinating. Um, what why would you choose the cues instead of like cherry picking the weakest uh, components of the cues? That's a good question. Uh, I, I I like the fact that when, when I'm shorting in, in ETF, I, I don't have to deal with headline risk. I don't have to worry about upgrades. I don't have to worry about uh, earnings reports, uh, none of that stuff. That, I just clear the decks of a lot of headline risk, and that's a, a way that uh, I manage my risk. So I'd rather focus on uh, the triple Qs. Now, if Amazon breaks and the triple Qs don't, well, I would consider is using put options, possibly open up a, a, a put spread on Amazon alone. That way I could finance the short position on Amazon and then have a, a defined risk. Uh, but I usually like to short the indexes as a whole. And I'm liking the setup on the trip queues because I'm seeing the major components begin to top out here. So that's why I'm going with the uh, trip queues are current. Fascinating. Um, what about a, another side? You were talking about uh, gold miners. Yeah, the gold miners here. The So let's bring up a chart of gold really quick. Go to a monthly chart. Um, I, I know a number of people who are along like GDX and um, you know various, uh, various individual miners. It seems to be becoming a popular trade. Yeah. So here, I want to set this up because there's a lot of a, a lot of chatter out there of folks becoming more and more bearish on the miners of late. And I want to illustrate what how I'm viewing this. I, I, I this is a I'm long of NUGT. I prefer to use uh, the GDX or the GLD for illustrative purposes because they have longer history than NUGT. And what I'm looking at here now on gold, I'm seeing opportunity where other people are seeing a little bit of concern. Uh, we broke out in the month of January. Actually, yeah, we broke out above uh, this bull flag setup. We also broke above uh, resistance at the 145 spot two zero mark. This month, what we're doing is we're pulling back and we're doing a retest of that support level. I think that's what's setting up here. When am I wrong? That's, you know, this is a question I think that everybody that goes on and talks about the position should say, okay, this is why I'm bullish on it. But they also ought to say, okay, what if you're wrong? When are you out? If I see a failure to hold, this is what I illustrated with Amazon a moment ago. If I see a failure of gold to hold this support level here, then I'm wrong on a monthly basis if we close back down into within this trading range because in all probability, we're going lower. But at current Traders are OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I know I have it. I, I need to see before I go adding another uh, share of the NUGT, which is the leverage DTF putting the low of the gold miners. I need to see a retest of the breakout point. I need to see support held, defended, and ideally we continue to see a breakout on gold. That will be a validation that this breakout is for real. And if we do see a new higher high, whether it be this month, seasonally gold does not do well in the month of February. 
uh, does well in the month of January. Uh, but if we do see a new higher high this month, next month, whatever, uh, then uh, you're going to see a lot of institutional money begin to flow in here. So it doesn't take much institutional money to move the uh, price of gold. And you'll see the gold miners move up as well. Interesting. That's a, that's a good point you make on, um, you know, waiting for a retest or a continuation. Um, I see a lot of a lot of traders, uh, you know, take the breakout immediately um, only to get wicked out and, you know, end up end up top ticking, whatever it is that they, they were trading. Um, you know, and it's uh, uh, at, at the expense of potentially buying a little bit later and getting a slightly worse entry. I think it's always uh, good advice. Yeah, I, I, th I think that, you know, just going back to that chart for a moment, I think that the way I try to illustrate it to, to members is that if you're going to pay up and you're waiting for the breakout above the highs of January on the GLD, then what you're doing is you're paying a, a premium for a high-quality position, right? So uh, I don't want to hope down here that my Volkswagen, uh, no offense to people that drive Volkswagen, I don't know, of, of, uh, let's just say it's Saturn, okay? I don't, I don't want to hope that the Saturn uh, runs for me. I want to buy a Mercedes on the breakout. I'd rather pay a premium for a high-quality vehicle. So that's a poor analogy, but... Uh, do they even make Saturn anymore? No, they don't. That's why it shows that. <laughs> I thought the probabilities of people having Saturn out there would be pretty low, so I think it's some hate now. Interesting. Okay. So I have a, a, a couple of stocks we're watching for next week. If, if people want to see the, the types of extreme oversold trades that we like to do, it, it's pretty much the exact opposite of the Tesla trade. Do we have time for that, Dan, or do you need Absolutely. To yeah, we've got plenty of time here, Okay, um, about 10 more minutes, and then we'll... So a couple of the, as I mentioned earlier, the Baltic Dry Sea Index is in free fall. And for those not familiar with the Baltic Dry Sea Index, that is the pricing power of dry bulk shippers, your ability to price uh, and move goods from uh, China to the United States, wherever. Uh, the pricing power is abysmal. And you're seeing it reflected in the share prices of... Uh, names like uh, GMLP, they're getting hammered. Uh, we have RSI here at current at 15 spot 4.3. I think it's still going lower. And we'll be looking to buy it at historical support. And what I like to do generally is ignore the daily chart. The, the daily chart is really, for the most part, a qualifier for me to be even interested in buying the share for what would probably be a short squeeze because the fundamentals here are horrible. So I don't know where value would be found. I think that you would be relying upon a catalyst being a short covering rally. And to uh, take advantage of that short covering rally, uh, you need to know exactly where you have historical support below. And this is one of the great features. I don't even need to go to a monthly chart. I can just overlay monthly support below. And you can see that there's a good chance that uh, we head all the way down here to uh, $3.45 thereabouts before all is said and done. And I would entertain potentially opening up a trade here at around the 443 mark. But generally when you have a stock and this is from the analysis that we've done in the past from these extreme oversold stocks where you're leveraging RSI. When you have a stock that's in the single digits, and especially below $5 per share, 15 spot 4.3 on RSI may sound very low and you can't lose. You can. It can go a lot lower. It can go single digits. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen I've seen RSI as low as 5 before. Yeah, and what was it, GLOP? Let's bring that up. GLOP. Yeah, it can it can always go lower, and it can it doesn't like even if it, um you know it's stop, the RSI stops low, it can still be RSI diverging while price goes even further lower. Absolutely, yeah. It, 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 all it needs to do is trade sideways. The, the RSI lifts up higher, and then it resumes its downtrend. So, yep. th there's a strategy for exiting these positions, and it's kind of long winded. I won't go into it right now, but uh, in, in short, if if I enter hypothetically tomorrow. Uh, here's uh, GLOP, Gaslock Partners. This is another energy play uh, and shipping play, no less. 
they, but they had a dry bulk shipper. They'd ship natural gas. Um, at current, we have RSI at, at a five handle. Um, we'll probably be long of this early this week, but let's war game it a bit. You know, again, you know, I like GLOP, but when do I admit I'm wrong here? Uh, if, in fact, we enter the position, and, of course, we need to know whether there's historical support, if there is historical support below, and if we see RSI lift back up above 20, yet we haven't had a rally on the share price, we're out because our edge over other traders is now gone. The logic, the rationale that we use to enter the trade uh, is gone now. There's no reason to be involved with it. It's a, it's a, it's a junk stock. Uh, the expectation of a short covering rally never occurred. And honestly, it rarely happens, but it does happen from time to time. So this is a high probability trade of profit. And, uh, and, and a way to manage risk because you're already so low, you just set your stop Correct. lower essentially. Yeah, and, and my son always laughs at this when I talk about this on videos, but it's, it's, worth, um, it's, it's worth having a conversation, especially for folks that are new to technical analysis and they're reading books out there that are telling them to you know, buy stock when RSI goes below 30. I mean, folks, there's no quicker way to go broke than using that rule of thumb. I mean, if, you, if that rule of thumb would have been employed with this trade here, uh, that would have been... First back here, uh, you would have really gotten clubbed. That was sitting with a, let's say, at the lows, if you had gotten in, at $16.73. When it did it again back here, you know, you were, you were sitting with a 15 handle. So, uh, I there's, there's a lot of false signals in RSI. This actually, it's one of my um, favorite things about backtesting. Um, is uh, invalidating a lot of those strategies, right? I almost look at offering a backtesting feature in the platform as a public service because when you backtest these RSI strategies, pure play, and it's not just RSI, it's really any of them, the MACD cross, you know, pure play MACD crosses, um, really any simple uh, uh, momentum-driven strategy at all, they all underperform buy and hold, right? Um, they have almost no edge whatsoever. And in many cases, it's like a negative edge, like you're almost guaranteed losses if you just blindly trade these things that you find on YouTube. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. it, 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 it you know, I, I think that where, where, you know, Team Trend Spider and I matched is, is the fact that we have a, a huge appreciation for multi-time frame analysis. I mean, you built it into your, your, your platform here. And mm -hmm. wow, this is a game changer. This is, they, they get it. So when you're using... Yeah. When you're using the indicators in conjunction with knowing where you have historical support and resistance levels, where you have traders of like mind willing to, in a, in a, in a stock such as GLOP, willing to step in and defend that support level, well, then, then, then you're a far more powerful trader. You're not buying blindly simply off of an indicator, which is, you know, again, I would strongly discourage people from doing that. You know, leverage leverage the uh, the tools here at your disposal on TrendSpider and identify where you have historical support and historical resistance. Because so uh, we have a few questions. Sure. Um, uh, Brian asks, uh, do you use any TrendSpider screeners or scanners? Um, and uh, if yes, uh, can you share your parameters? And if not, how do you find tickers by other means? Uh, so I I have I'm just really getting uh, brushed up on uh, using the scanners. Uh, I, you folks are good enough to share with me the scanners that you enjoy. I'll defer to you, Dan, on this because I don't want to bastardize the, the scanner at current. I'm not educated enough. Uh, I use other methods at current, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure to be adapting very quickly to. Uh, tell, us, tell us, how do you find symbols? I mean, it doesn't have to be the TrendSpider scanner, right? There's a million ways to find symbols. What's your, like, what's your uh, favorite technique? Uh, so I, I use... Um, I use two different ways. Uh, one is it's it's naming one of you. It's a competitor of yours, and I don't want to say it. Uh, and they have a screener in there, which is which is pretty good. Uh, you it. Like uh, it's fine. I mean, this is this is a, a brand new feature for us. We just got into scanner games, so I don't expect everybody to be fully versed in it. So, I mean, for the benefit of people listening, feel free. Okay, uh, it's uh, stopcharts.com. Uh, I, I've 
I have a few um, a few scans that I've developed in StockCharts.com that identify extreme oversold stocks. It's a simple scan. It's not difficult. I'm sure to be setting up my own here on TrendSpider, no doubt. Uh, I also use uh, Thinkorswim. They have, um, it's not necessarily a scanner per se, but they provide me with um, uh, some stocks that are showing uh, engulfing patterns, um, basically uh, setups that would make it interesting for me to see whether or not we have a potential continuation breakout for the following week or a breakdown for the following week. Uh, so th those are the two primary methods that I use at current. Okay. Cool. Um, it's always, it's always interesting to learn how other, uh, other traders find, uh, find stocks. I, um, you know, I'm, I've been transitioning to the TrendSpare scanner. I've had access to it for longer than most people. Uh, but you know, before I used, uh, Finviz quite a bit, right. And I'm still a big fan of Finviz. Um, I think it can be very useful at times, right. There's, um, a lot of different solutions that do different things and finding the right ones is part of, you know, being a trader is, you know, figuring out what tools are, are the best tools for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But and, and the key is, is to, is to also as people, people have a tendency to fear change a little bit and they get, they get complacent. Uh, the tools that you're rolling out here are outstanding. And I, I just, I, I keep things fairly basic and I, we've had conversations where, you, you know, you, you're into divergences as, as, as I am. Uh, but I like to keep things fairly basic using the same tools for the most part. And the, the automated trend line features here and the ability to overlay uh, on a weekly chart, the monthly support and resistance levels, this is a bad symbol to use, is just a powerful tool. Because I think that you folks use this. It's like the spell check for technical analysis. Did you guys make that up? Uh, yeah, I think Jake uh, came up with that. I love that. As soon as I heard it, I started laughing. Because I, I do, I, I can't give up uh, or doing my own trend lines. It's just a habit that I do. Uh, however, when I, I'm done, I do proof what I do. And there are times where, you know what? Oh, look at that. I missed it because I, 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 I checked it out on TrendSpider. So uh, kudos to you guys. Awesome. Well, um, we're, running, uh, we're running a little low on time. Uh, you know, I can uh, uh, pop in and show show the screener around a little bit if anyone wants to see that. I think people were asking about that earlier. Um, awesome. Um, so, uh, Bob, let's uh, let's try to build a let's try to build a little scan here. That'd be great. All right, let me uh, let me take over the screen share here. How does that work? So we'll uh, we'll try to find uh, we'll try to find some cool stocks. Um, and uh, and hopefully everybody can see this. So um, you know the uh, what, I, what I was mentioning earlier when I f first pulled this up, right? It's, uh, it's like searching through. Yeah, and Bob, uh, while uh, while I get this going, if you can post a link to your uh, your next uh, uh, stream. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people would want that. Yep, absolutely. At uh, seven p.m. tonight, folks, we're going to be doing a uh, a live stream it's usually for members but you all are invited of course and i'll pop a link in there as soon as i can get to it awesome um actually funny uh funny you mentioned a coronavirus scanner one feature we plan to add is a twitter thing right so you could in theory um maybe not i'm not sure if coronavirus is the right thing but you could in theory set uh scans you know, for stocks that are really oversold, that are defense stocks, when uh, Trump tweets the word China or something, um, which I think would be kind of a cool, uh, cool feature. Um, so here's how this works. Uh, you know, we pick a universe. Let's stick with the Russell 2000. That's a lot of different symbols. Um, so that'll give us a chance to search through a lot of different conditions. And we pick the chart type, right? So if you're into range wraps, which are proprietary charts, or Heikinashi, you want to select that here. Otherwise, generic is uh, your standard Japanese canvas. And the reason these are separate is because Heikinashi and range wraps calculate the open and close prices differently than um, a traditional candle, right? Um, and then there's this checkbox current candle. And this is important because this lets you tell the system if it's going to include any open candles that haven't closed yet in the scan, right? So if you're scanning a daily scan intraday 
and you want to get alerted anything that's forming for example a hammer it may not have closed but it is currently if it was closed it would be considered a hammer on the day then you'd want to check that box there right um so that's uh that's an important thing to remember that uh lets you scan in force if it's unchecked it's the previous candle that most recent one that closed that will be the one the scanner looks at um, for calculations so um and then you define your conditions that you want to look for uh bob what what's a like a extreme oversold i think you're mentioning how oversold uh, i usually use it as just for starters 17 and depending on market conditions, if it's a very bearish market, I'll, I'll, I'll drop that down considerably. Okay. And do you use like an RSI 10 or is that an RSI 14 you use? R RSI 14. Okay. So um, that's basically it. I just created that condition, right? Look for any daily chart where the RSI 14 is less than a constant value of 17, right? When you press scan here, it just goes into the Russell and it pulls up every single chart. Ooh, my good old friend FNKO here. Um, and it just finds any chart with those conditions currently present on it, right? And then you can uh, you can select the chart, right? And you can full screen it if you want, and you can see you know what the RSI is here. Um, and uh, this, we need to be on the daily chart that's weekly. Um, and you can see the RSI here is eleven, right? So it's a, a quick way to find it. And actually, FNKO is a funny uh, funny stock to come up here because this is one that I traded. Um, not so long ago. And uh, this anchored VWAP, which is um, a feature in TrendSpider and a few other platforms where you can anchor a volume weighted average price at a, at a point, was, uh, was my stop, right? When I saw it couldn't overcome this, I got out. I got out on this candle right here, um, the next one down. Um, and it turned out to be a good move because it's smashed down since then. So I really love the anchored VWAP. It was funny that stock came up. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I wish I sold it the day before when it actually got up to it. That would have been better. But, um, you know, it worked out pretty decent regardless. Um, but, you know, as you flip through the watch list that generated here, you know, every symbol is going to have that condition met on it. And we pulled up, like, um, you know, about a dozen symbols here. What's the secondary thing you might look for, Bob, to just narrow it down to just a few? It's always nice to have uh, – it's rare on, on so extreme oversold stocks, but, but – you having your Bollinger Band, that third standard deviation Bollinger Band, uh, pierced. Okay. So daily price low, less than indicator daily. You said third standard deviation? So that would be, all right, we can see if anything matches that. Yeah, no, there's a couple. FNKO is one of them. Um, I think that's probably pretty obvious given given what it did. Um, and then there's MTRX, which is another one. So I mean, this is this is how I actually use use the scanner, right? When I'm actually trying to build a watch list, right? Um, you know, I'll start off with a simple condition, right? And if it gives me too many results, you know, I don't want to go through thirty charts. The whole point here is not to have to go through thirty charts, right? right? So then I'll add like another condition to try to narrow it down a bit. And find like two, five, you know, good candidates to look at, right? Um, and then I'll throw them into this watch list here called New Ideas. I'm not looking for this type of thing, so none of these are going to be that type of thing, right? And then you know, watch it from there, and maybe set some alerts on it. Um, a few other cool things about the scanner, by the way, is um, it supports up to three time frames in one scan, right? So you can um, you can say, you know, I want the daily RSI to be really low. But I want the you know the one hour um, Bollinger bands to be pierced, right? And you can then scan that way, right? And that might give you a different list of symbols, or maybe none at all. But it's a it's a different way to look at it. And you can use up to three separate time frames per scan. Just realize each time frame you add is going to make the scanner a little bit slower because it has to download twice the data as it's searching through those. Um, Kyle, yeah, for that particular scan conditions, that's the type of uh, type of setup that it would find, right? Um, it actually, um, it's worth noting that um, the system comes with a ton of pre-built scans, right? Um, some of these are very simple, you know, like an RSI breakdown breakout scan where RSI was below fifty and now it's broken above fifty. Um, and some of these are very complex. Um, there's a, a whole set in here. 
think they're tagged with the word spider. Yeah, spider scans, which um, are looking for like consolidation on long time periods. Um, for example, uh, this scan is really interesting when you look at it on the weekly time frame. And you got to give it a big list because it's a rare formation. But this will find like almost perfect coiling. Right, so um, stocks that are consolidating in each of the last three weeks has traded completely within the range of the previous week, um, which is a fairly rare thing, right? And you can see what that looks like here, right? And then if I go down to some lower time frames here, you can see what this looks like. I've actually looked at this chart already, right? But price is getting tighter and tighter and tighter as time progresses. It's going to eventually break out or break down. So you could find something like this very easily with that scan create a couple alerts on it, you know, a breakdown alert on the bottom, a breakout alert on the top, and kind of go about your life and not worry about it until it picks a direction. And then you can decide if you want to actually trade it or not. Yeah, Dan, and if I could just pop in there on, the, on that for a second. Uh, the, the, the alerts are so critical. I mean, at, at many times where traders are their own worst enemies, and it goes for professional traders, it goes for the amateur trader. We can overthink trades, but if we have a rules-based approach of if this, then that, if we get a breakout using this chart here above that upper band on a daily basis, and you have your alert set, there's nothing to do between now and that alert being fired off. And you, you go to your day job and you focus on that and let the, let the system do the work for you. And that's the beauty of, uh, of, of, of TrendSpider. I have to be honest with you, I use these alerts constantly. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know, like I've traded since 2008. That's when I, uh, I was national semiconductor company. It was my first trade, right? And I lost money on it, right? And like looking back, I mean, we've only had a alert system for a few years. Looking back, I mean, it, it has completely changed how I trade. Um, if you look at any of the charts that I uh, watch, right? You know, I've got alerts set on um, different time periods. I've got alerts set, you know, on key levels. Right. Um, in case something happens, you know, often I put alerts on um, these uh, anchored view apps, you know, instead of trend lines, I have uh, this is a trade I'm in right now. And this is my support level. Right. And, you know, if it doesn't hold this, then I probably want to get the heck out of this. So, you know, I've just created an alert on it. And that saves me from having to have like 50 different charts open on my screen. Um, and I think that's a misnomer that a lot of new traders have, right? It's like, you're only a cool trader. You're only successful if you have 40 monitors on your desk and they each have 20 different charts on them. Right. And like, how do you even pay attention to that? Um, I, I think it, it's also a bunch of props for the folks on YouTube that, uh, it, 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 I think minimalism is, is far more efficient because yep. if you have all those, if you have all those screens open, you have a lot of data coming in and people aren't built for multitasking. Exactly. About it. It's not the way we're wired. And so if we're provided with actionable data that we've already analyzed with emotion not being involved, you become a far more powerful trader. Ag agreed. Um, Randall, uh, to answer your question, uh, pre-built scans can scan anything you want, right? So um, I selected the Russell, but you can actually um, tell it where to look for. I, I like to use the analogy of it's like, you tell it what haystack to look for you know, a specific needle in. So you can scan through your own watch list. You can scan through one of the pre-made watch lists. There's a dozen of them. Actually, there's more, way more than a dozen of them, but there's a lot of them, right? They go by industry. They go by index. So you can like scan the NASDAQ Biotech Index or the Russell 2000 or your own list of symbols. Um, and actually, um, letting a little, uh, little cat out of the hat, um, starting sometime this week, hopefully you'll be able to scan through crypto as well. Um, we're slowly adding crypto and then after crypto Forex to the scanner. But it's like a, it's like Google for charts, right? Um, you can find things that are uh, really interesting and then you can create alerts on them so that when they become, you know, when the setup has played out, when it's starting to move in your direction, then you know and then you can jump in instead of trying to chase it early and getting washed out potentially. Um, and, you know, the other cool thing about scanning is it works with backtesting. So, like, if you're thinking about trading, like, one of those RSI or MACD strategies you see on YouTube, right, find a cool list of stocks based on that strategy, run the backtester on them, right, and see exactly how good that strategy is. And my guess is probably not that good, right? I mean, the best traders I know, they don't trade that way. They're like Bob, where they've spent years developing, you know, a system that works for them, you know, and they've figured it out and they've played with it and they've, you know, 
experienced it to to develop it and they've back tested to kind of refine it and you know they've they've put thought in, into it and then they stick to their system right you know they set their stops and they stick to them so um uh let's see what other questions i'm um, kyle uh you can absolutely create uh alerts on rsi if you want to um trends works stephanie on etfs um, we have futures but futures data is end of day so it's not real-time data but you can still back test on it. You can still chart it. You know, you can still, still do all kinds of stuff with it. Um, and Eric, it's 100% browser-based, right? So it runs in a web browser. Um, so uh, we're getting uh, we're getting up to time here. We've got just a few more minutes. If anyone has any uh, final questions for me or Bob, uh, now's your chance. Stephanie asks, "Can you show what's green after the scan is complete?" And can I? change the columns and the results. Um, so uh, you cannot change the columns yet. Um, and you can't use fundamental data in scans yet either. Both of those things are coming very soon to the scanner. Um, we actually have already purchased the fundamental data. We just have to integrate it into the interface and you know give you a way to access it. Um, and then giving you the ability to control the columns as part of that project, because we understand people are going to want that. Um, there are no options uh, that feeds in the system right now, but the fundamental feed will include whether or not something's optionable. So you'll be able to restrict your scans only to optionable securities. That's great. Yep, that, um, that's been a very common request. It'll also give you the, like, you'll be able to say, like, search for, you know, these technical conditions, but only in stocks with a growing EPS. Right, and um, we believe we'll also be able to get analysts, uh, analysts like price targets in there too. So you know, like how Finviz has um, only stocks that are thirty percent the price target or whatever. You know, we're trying to we're trying to pull it in, pull in fundamentals as much as we can, where it makes sense. So it'll be part of the scanner, and then we'll also um, kind of like how some other charting tools have. There'll be like a, an optional side panel you can have open that'll have the fundamental profile of the company and its financials and stuff like that. Um, there will be like a way to mark earnings on account on the chart, so you know when upcoming earnings are. You know we're we're gonna address all of that little stuff as part of that big project. Um, let's see. Uh, Matt asks, can you scanner backtest an indicator crossing above RSI? Um, yes. Uh, actually, no. I'm sorry. You can't. Uh, there, you can't add an indicator on top of an indicator yet. So you couldn't like add um, a moving average to RSI. But if an indicator has two lines in it already, like a stochastic RSI does or lanes um, stochastic, right? Um, there's various types of RSI that do have a moving average as part of it. You could absolutely use those um, in that way. Great stuff. Awesome. Well, um, so that's uh, that basically it. If there's no more questions, we appreciate everyone being here. Um, oh, I guess more questions. Um, so Nav, uh, futures real time, uh, thank you for asking. That's a big question. It's a big problem for us. Um, we uh, plan to offer a way for you to pull in broker futures data this year, hopefully uh, before, uh, before summer. Um, and uh, that'll work with a partner broker. So you'll need an account with them. It's like a micro future broker. So the deposit's like 200 bucks. You don't actually have to trade in there if you don't want to. But um, by doing that, you'll be able to connect your broker account to Transfader and pull in futures data. That's the only way to really do it that makes any sense. Um, in order to do the commercial data feeds that we use for equities, um, it will, uh, you know, the futures exchange want you all to pay them $120 per exchange a month, which, you know, we don't think is fair. I mean, we are already paying for Transpire. You should be able to use whatever data you have. So we'll um, we'll give you the way to pull a broker data in, and hopefully this year in the first half. Um, fib extensions, Dennis. You actually have them, but you you can double click on the fibs um, and uh, reverse them, and that'll uh, turn a, a retracement into an extension. Um, three point extensions will be coming in the the what month is it? It's February. So hopefully in March. Um, Stephanie, we're not sure who the futures brokers will be yet. Um, we're still working on that, but um, we'll release a list as soon as we know. Okay. Well, um, Bob, uh, thank you very much for being here with us. It's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Um, yeah. I love your style. 
I, I think this is my fourth time, and I, I enjoy it every single time. Dan, so thanks for having me back. And, and for everybody out there, I, I'm a true believer in uh, Trend Spider, so much so that I integrated it into uh, my membership levels. So uh, if you're interested in my company, my uh, advice, then please just uh, stop on over, and, and you can get Trend Spider with your uh, silver and gold level memberships. I've also just dropped in that link if you want to join me at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard tonight. Eastern Standard Time tonight. I'd love to have you. I'll drop it in there again just in case because we have a lot of questions come through. And um, thanks for having me, Dan. Absolutely. And that's uh, that's worth uh, repeating. Um, Bob's, a, Bob's a certified partner of TrendSpider. That means he's been trained in how to use it. He knows how to use it really well. Um, and he's authorized to offer it. So anyone who subscribes with him can get a special TrendSpider plan that um, is just for, just for Bob's members as part of that. So um, again, uh, uh, thank you everybody for being here. We really appreciate it. It's um, it's uh, right on the hour, so um, you know we're gonna we're gonna call it a wrap here. If you uh, are interested in the replay, just check your email in about a half hour. You'll get it automatically. And um, again, thank you again for everyone being here. It's uh, always always a lot of fun. Have a great night and good luck this week trading. Take care, Bob. Thank you again. Everybody have a great night. Bye, everyone. Hey, before you go, make sure you head on over to trendspider.10minutestocktrader.com to get your discounts. And I'm even going to throw in some extra bonuses worth over $100 to incentivize you to take your free trial of Trendspider today. And the only place to get these discounts and free bonuses is at trendspider.10minutestocktrader.com. 10minutestocktrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice, tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.